0: Welcome, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. This is Brother Jimmy Fortunato, and you're listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Baptist Church in Tennessee. For more information about our church, please visit us on the web at pilgrimbaptist.church. Tis the season (laughs) for people calling wanting to know if you have food. (laughs) I've just... I get I I mean I get now at least a call every other day. I was in the airport. I was in the airport this weekend. The phone rings. Someone wanting to know if the church can help them. And so I said, "Well, where do you go to church?" Well, I don't. I don't mean to be a, I'm not trying to be rude or 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 a bad guy, but well, that's your first problem. See, if you were in church, you would have a church family to help you. <laughs> I got a call today at lunch. Uh, yeah, I'm having a hard time, and <laughs> it's the season. People want food, they want gifts, they want to make, they want you to make them merry. <laughs> and I said, look, I can offer you spiritual help. Where do you go to church? Well, I don't go to church anywhere. Well, since you don't go to church anywhere, we have church service at 6 o'clock tonight. We'd be glad to have you out. You can meet our church family and then we can go from there. But they never show because they don't want spiritual help. They want to mooch money. And we're going to learn what the Bible says. Why do we work? Some, uh, let's get 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Somebody said, without hard work, nothing grows but weeds. I thought that was a pretty good quote. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians chapter number 3, we're in verse number 10. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. Why do we work? Well, because God commanded it. And if you don't work, then you don't have right to food. And there's nothing wrong with... Um, parent, parents don't have to uh, to get up and feed their kids three feasts a day if they don't want to do anything. If they don't clean their room, and if they don't do their morning chores, if they don't do what is required for them, then don't feed them breakfast. <laughs> that's good That's good parenting right there. And then once they clean their room, once they vacuum, once they do their chores, whatever it is mom and dad had asked them to do, then they can sit down and have something to eat. You know what happens too many times, though? We got a bunch of uh, just lazy youth. Lazy youth. Parents... Don't be don't be afraid to parent <laughs> uh, we got people in college now that think that should be free people have to work they got to learn to work God commanded it first Thessalonians let's see what it says here 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse number 9. Why work? Because it's evidence of brotherly love. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse number 9. But as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you. For ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And indeed, you do it toward all the brethren which are all which are in all Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that ye increase more and more. Now look at verse number 11. And that you study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. You may walk honestly toward them that were without, and that ye may have lack of nothing. It's evidence of brotherly love. You go back to verse number 9, we see, but it's touching brotherly love. We all should learn verse number 11. Just study, quiet down, do your own business. Don't worry about other people's business. Do your own business. Don't worry about other people's work. Do your own work with your own hands. We all can do that. That'd be great. That'd be great. Now, we live in a nation, we live in a culture where that freaks them out. If you had half of the uh, uh, of the millennials come in and sit down, I'm not one of these preachers who just wants to make fun of millennials all day. I'm not. I want to reach them, and a lot of them are very, very intelligent. They know a lot of stuff. They want answers. They do. But culturally, where we're at, they just get it's just too much for them. Can't handle it. You always hear businesses trying to find good help. It's hard to find good help because people don't want to work. That's a foreign concept to me. I've been working since I was a kid, and I don't know, maybe I work too much. I don't know. But the alternative is to not work at all. We got to work. We got to work. Verse number 12. Okay, uh, uh, let's go to Ephesians 4. And Ecclesiastes chapter number 10. Ephesians 4 and Ecclesiastes 10. All right, Ephesians 4, we'll do first. Look what the Bible says. Ephesians 4, verse number 28. Well, let's back up a little bit because there's some good stuff we can chew on. Verse 26, Be ye angry and sin not. How does that happen? Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, Neither give place to the devil. God tells us, okay, you're going to be angry, but don't sin. Tough verse to live. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. That's a good verse to live by. If more people... It's tough to wake up in the morning and go to work after you've had a fight with your spouse, isn't it? (laughs) It's tough to wake up in the morning and send the kids off to school when you just had a blowout the night before. And so God gives us some instruction there and He says, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. So this idea of sleeping it off, <laughs> I mean, it's a worldly idea. We need, we, we, sometimes we need a break from each other. That's normal. But God's pretty, pretty straight about this. Because if we don't, here's what it says, neither give place to the devil. The devil's stronger than you and I. We don't want to give him place to the devil. Isn't it better to sleep it off after you've made (laughs) nicey-nice? It is. It is. It's a biblical principle. But it says in verse 28, "...let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Why do we work? So we're able to give. So we're able to give. We don't just work and labor for ourselves, but so we're able to give and help others. Notice that you can take a thief and he can turn in to a giver. How does that happen? But God. But God, God can make it happen. The thief can labor, the thief can work with his own hands. The thief, the thief can then turn into someone that steals, to someone that gives. Isn't that a great principle? Isn't that a great Bible principle? Ecclesiastes chapter ten. Let's go back there and let's get verse number eighteen. I don't know if I'm part of the younger generation or not. I guess it all just depends who you're talking to or who's talking to you. Uh, I'm sure most of you would say, well, you're part of the younger generation. And that's true from your perspective. Um, I couldn't say that to you, (laughs) but I could say that to a 20-year-old, right? But doesn't it seem like with each passing decade... People get more idle and more slothful and more lazy. Why does it seem that way? Maybe because it is that way. (laughs) I I don't know. Or maybe it is just the people that we're running across. But I I found that to be a a common theme that people say, look what what the Bible says. Ecclesiastes 10.18 Why should we work to avoid this? Look by much slothfulness the building decayeth. And through idleness of the hands the house droppeth through. We should work to avoid the sins of slothfulness and idleness. Typically, the husband is the one that goes to work uh, and, and then he comes home from work and Typically, the wife is the one that keeps the house and cleans the house and makes the, that building look nice, smell nice, and all that. Well, if she just let it go, the building's going to decay. The dust is going to pile up on the floor. All the crumbs from the food will just be there meal after meal after meal. All the dirt that's tracked in throughout the day and throughout the week, it's just going to pile up. And the building is just going to start to decay. Why? Because of idleness and slothfulness. We don't want to let that creep into our lives. Now, physically, we can see that picture. Nobody wants, we don't want to have guests over because we didn't clean the house. Right? Everybody kind of thinks that way. But, What about having guests over? We clean our heart. We can't be idle and slothful with our heart. That needs to be checked daily. We don't want to become idle and slothful with that. The Lord, right? Our body should be a temple for the Lord. Okay. But no house is going to clean itself up. No room is going to clean itself up. <laughs> no bed is going to make itself. So what do you have to do when you get up in the morning? Do you have to make your bed and clean your room? Yeah, if you, if you do. If you don't, it'll just keep deteriorating. Proverbs chapter 10 and Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Proverbs chapter 10 we'll do first. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse number 4. How do we work? Uh, the Bible says in Proverbs 10:4, He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. Who wants to see what a slack hand is? Kids you're supposed to say amen. (laughs) Mumble mumble grumble grumble Uh, Mumble mumble grumble grumble I gotta sweep the floor. mumble mumble grumble grumble (sighs) mumble mumble grumble grumble I gotta clean the table mumble mumble grumble grumble That's a slack hand. That's lazy. It's not right. No, you got to be diligent. You don't be slacking your work. God don't like that. Parents don't like that. Grandparents don't like that. Bosses don't like that. You want to get fired when you grow up? Then don't work with a slack hand. Don't pout and drag your boots out because you got to feed the sheep. Don't pout and drag your boots because you got to feed the dog. Diligently go and feed that puppy some food and quit the grumbling and the mumbling. And you'll grow up and you'll learn to do diligent work. And then you don't have to call and beg churches for money that you don't go to, and then beg the government for money that you think they owe you, and go Bernie. (laughs) That's how we got to the point in America where people who have brains in their head vote for Bernie Sanders because he's going to give free stuff. Free butter, free cheese, free college education. It's all free. Somebody's working for it. So they're taking money out of my check. They're taking money out of your check to give to people that don't want to work because they're slack and they're lazy. It's not mean to say that. Somebody has to say it. Amen. And you young people, you're the future of your home. You're the future of this church. You're the future of America. Get to work. Get to work. Please, uh, okay. Uh, Ecclesiastes 9. Flip over. The next book, Ecclesiastes 9, verse number 10. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might, for there is no work nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. We have a whosoever God and we have a whatsoever work ethic. (laughs) That's Christianity. It's a whatsoever work ethic. People think serving God means you got to go to Uganda to the mission field. Praise God we have a missionary couple that's called to go there. You can serve God by vacuuming the floor. You can serve God by fixing the plumbing. You can serve God by painting the church house. You can serve God by praying. You can Does that make sense? Everybody doesn't have to serve God the same way, but everybody ought to serve God. You don't Look, the preacher, the preacher should do it all. No he shouldn't. Number one, the preacher can't do it all. Number two, you don't want me doing it all. Believe me. Believe me. I've worn enough people out. Believe me. You don't want me decorating stuff. (laughs) You don't want one person, one man, one woman, one boy, one girl doing everything. It'll be a disaster. A disaster. How does a family grow? How does an organization grow? How does God's church grow? You know, he said he would build his church. But do you see Jesus knocking on doors everywhere? Who's he using? He's using us, he's using his children. We got to get to work. Ephesians chapter six and Colossians chapter three. Okay. Ephesians chapter six and Colossians three. Ephesians six, verse number five will start out. Look what the Bible says. Servants. Be obedient. Oh I can't take that <laughs> look all these effeminate guys that are walking around with their feelings on their they they're just gonna have to man up. How do we get to a point in America where we have guys wearing skinny jeans and a bunch of homos man well I mean I don't get it. I don't get any of that stuff. Oh, you hurt my feelings I have to serve I have to obey I have to. Pipe down and get to work. Look, (laughs) it's, it's just people. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters. Oh no, masters, I can't take it. According to the flesh. It's according to the flesh. Your boss isn't God. But according to the flesh, just down here on earth, he might ask you to do some things you don't want to do. You know, one of my best friends, he told me this story where he had is this job that he got. He was in high school and he got this job. And it was a landscaping job. So the boss told him, look, I've got to go bid another job. I want you to get this pile of dirt over to the side of the house. So he did that. Four hours later, the boss came back and said, said, great, you can take lunch and when you come back, I want you to move that pile of dirt back over here. And he said, well, you just told me to move it over here. Why do I have to move it again? And he said, listen, I'm just trying to make myself feel good by paying you and knowing that you're busy working. (laughs) He didn't have any work for him. But instead of firing him, he said, move that dirt over here. Now I thought that was pretty good. I thought that was real good. People complain, I have to serve. I have to obey. He's my Master. In the flesh, He is. In the flesh, He is. And if you want your paycheck on Friday, If your boss says to go pound sand, then go pound sand. That's mean. That's this. That's Well, put on a pair of skinny jeans and go ahead and sing kubaya around the campfire or something like that. Get to work. That's what God wants us to do. Look, if any of you guys wear skinny jeans, I'm sorry. I didn't mean what I said. It just came out. All right, Colossians chapter number three. <laughs> Colossians chapter number three. People wearing their underwear as outerwear. I just can't. I just can't figure that thing out. They call it underwear for a reason, fellas. Colossians chapter three, verse twenty-two. Servants. Obey in all things your masters, look at again, according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. We work with the fear of God. And look, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. See, we're serving the Lord. This isn't about being a man pleaser. But according to the flesh, that's your master. That's your boss. That's the person that's telling you what to do. According to the flesh. And the verse 24, knowing that of the Lord, ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. How do we work? We work unto the Lord. We work unto the Lord. We fear God and we work unto the Lord. How many wives have cleaned the house all day and they come home and all the husband does is throw his bag down, kick his boots off, and then say the famous biblically based words, What's for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> how many? Uh, that's every day in millions of homes across the country. And how many wives, their first thought is, I cleaned the whole house and he doesn't say nothing. I did all this, and the only thing he can do is throw his bag down, kick his boots off, and say, "What's for, what's for dinner?" And you know what most of them are thinking? Why don't you go make your own dinner? <laughs> but you know what Christian women do? They put a hot plate right on the right on the table, and he and he gets to enjoy a hot meal. It's hard, it's hard, ladies, to fear God and serve the Lord when we're working and we have to deal with sinful men. Isn't it? It is. It's very, very hard. It's hard. But that's what God asks us to do. That's what God asks you to do. Don't do it for the old man. (laughs) Do it for the Lord Christ. Do it for him, fear him. First Timothy chapter number six and Philippians chapter four. First Timothy six we'll do first. And then Philippians chapter number four we will do next. First Timothy chapter number six, verse number eight. I'm going to back up to verse 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. That's something to strive for. People can be godly and not content. And God says, here's how you can have great gain. Verse 7, For we brought nothing into this world. That's why you'll never see a U-Haul following behind a hearse. And it is certain we can carry nothing out. You're not taking it with you. I'm not taking it with you. And having food and raiment, let us therewith, let us be therewith content. How much temporal riches do we really need to work for? I'm preaching to you, I'm preaching to me. How much? Because the Bible says, having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. You have food. I have food. You have clothes. I have clothes. So how much above that do we really need to work for? I mean, honestly, just strive for. Because contentment comes from just knowing that we have this. It's a tough verse, isn't it? It's a tough verse. We need, we need to work to provide to our own. I'm just going to trust God. Well, God also told you to provide for your own. What does that mean? A trip to Paris every summer? A trip to dismal land every winter? People can spend six grand a year on vacations, but they can't spend 600 bucks on missions. It just seems like America is getting less and less content with what they have, and they have more. The poorest person in America seems to have more than any other country. So we work, why do we work? To provide for our needs. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 19. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 19. But my God shall supply all your wants according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Except that's not what it says. You know that it says all your need. Lord, please supply all our needs. We have what we need. Do we want better plumbing downstairs? We do. But we do have something. We have something that works. And we're going to update and upgrade and upkeep as the Lord supplies for the needs. We have the money to do that, so we'll do it. If we didn't have any plumbing, now we're in a real pickle. But we're not in a real pickle. (laughs) We need to be thankful and content with what we have and then allow the Lord to just wait on the Lord and he'll supply it. Okay, Exodus chapter number 20. Let's look at the work schedule that God lays out principally in his Bible. Exodus chapter number 20. And let's look at verse number 9. Very simple passage. Six days shalt thou labor, and do all thy work. So God says, He laid out a principle in the Bible. You work six, you rest one. Which is why evolution is a a hoax because... If a day means a million years, who works six million years and then rests one million years? Nobody. Look, a day is a day is a day. Well, a day really means no, it doesn't. You need to get off the internet and start coming to church, is what you need. <laughs> but it's six days and rest one. Matthew chapter 20 and John chapter 11. Matthew and John. Matthew chapter 20, verse number 6. Look what it says here. Uh, verse number 6, look what it says. And, well, uh, 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 verse number 3 And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard. Whatsoever is right I will give you, and they went their way. And look at verse 5 again. He went out about the 6th and then the ninth hour and did likewise. So he goes out the 3rd hour, he goes out the 6th hour, he goes out the ninth hour. Guess what's still happening here in this passage? Verse number 6, And about the 11th hour, he went out and found others standing idle, and saith unto them, Why stand ye here all the day idle? The work day isn't an hour and a half the workday in three hours. The workday isn't six hours. The workday is, if you're going to go and work at the 11th hour, you're working at least another hour. It's a 12-hour workday. guy says, I work full-time. You were two hours at Taco Bell, man. What are you talking about? You washed dishes at Taco Bell for two hours and you went home? <laughs> no. God lays out six days and then he has a principle of 12 hours. Now, if you don't have to work six days and if you don't have to work 12 hours, then don't. But if you're complaining that you don't have money and you want the church to provide for you, the first thing I want to know is where are you working? How many days are you working? How many hours a day are you working? If you're only working three days, let me help you try to find a job where you can work three more. If you're only working four hours a day, maybe it's time to get a second job. John 11. John chapter 11, verse number nine. Okay. John 11, verse nine. Look what Jesus says. Jesus answered. And here's what he says are there not 12 hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not because he seeth the light of the world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth because there is no light in him. But Jesus, he's saying, look, this is the proper time to work. Jesus is going to labor until the day closes out. He has an appointed time for him to live out his earthly ministry and do His Father's will, right? And guess what He's going to do? He's going to make the most of it. Are there not 12 hours in the day? The principle here is, let's make the most of that 12 hours. So when someone says they don't have any money, and they want you to give them food or money, find out if they're working, where they're working, how much they're working, and help them try to get in line with God's principles. And you know what? It's going to better them if they learn to work. They learn to work. And you know what happens? When you put the time in the beginning, you eventually get to a point where you don't have to work 12 hours a day. You don't. But if you're 18 or 19, get after it. Get after it. All right, let's. Uh, let's finish out. Uh, you don't have to turn there, but Matthew 6.26 says, Behold, the fowls of the air, and they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet, your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? So God says, look, He's going to feed the birds, right? So He's going to feed you. But the only thing is, God's not dropping little things into the bird's mouth. They're out going for food. They're gathering food. And so, in like manner, we should do as well. Okay, so what if somebody doesn't work? Let's get 2 Thessalonians. We'll wind down here. 2 Thessalonians chapter number 3 and 1 Timothy chapter 5. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse number 10. We'll do that first. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 10. I think we already went through this verse but it says i'll read again for even when we were with you this we commanded you that if any would not work neither should he eat when you complain once it becomes a habit so never complain that's how we don't create the habit guy don't want to work he's a complainer probably so he shouldn't eat and it's a way to break the habit Uh, Verse number 11, for we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. They don't want to work. Verse 12, now, them that are such, we command and exhort our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. I work for my bread. You work for your bread. Then you guys got to learn to work for your own bread. (laughs) We don't have government bread. That we're given out. We can give you spiritual bread, but the person who gives you that spiritual food, that spiritual nutrition from God's word, he said, You got to go work. <laughs> That's what he said. Well, I'm just going to trust God. Okay, the same God you say you're going to trust, he told you in his word to go work. I'm just going to live by faith and trust God. Except you're not living by faith and you're not trusting God because you're not doing what God told you to do. And so we got to know that when people start asking us for money, not trying to be rude to them. So maybe you'll do a better job with them than I will. But First Timothy, where are we at? Five. First Timothy five. Let me redo this one again. 5 verse 8, But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. It's a heathen who doesn't hold to our Christian faith, and all he's doing is he's just rebelling against God. Last two verses and then I'll be done. Here's the admonition. 1 Corinthians 3. And Luke chapter three. First Corinthians three in Luke chapter three. 1 Corinthians three, uh, three, we'll start in verse five. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom he believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God, your God's husbandry, your God's building. Two men here on earth can work. They can be in construction. They can both work six days a week, 12 hours a day and at the end of the year, one man has more money than the other man. Because God provides the increase. When we labor for God, Kelly and I can go out, Danny and I, the three of us can all go out. He can take one side of uh, Jerry Whitson Road, Kelly can take the other side of Jerry Whitson Road, and I can take the west side of Jerry Whitson Road. And... At the end of the day, we can all come back here. We all labored the same amount. We all knocked on the same amount of doors. God provides the increase. Kelly might have had four door knocks where he got a good solid one-on-one witness. I could have gotten three. Danny could have gotten one. And people can say, well, "Well, Brother Kelly, he must have his stuff together." No. God provides the increase. Well, Brother Danny, he must not know what he's doing. He just no. He knows exactly what he's doing. He did exactly what we did. He, he gave him the guy just God provides the increase. We have to trust the Lord. So allow the Lord to work in our lives. OK. Last, let's get 1 Corinthians 15 and then we're done. There was a quote I had, don't ask me why, I just like the quote. Ran a martial art academy for 16 years, but I had a, I had a poster of this quote that was by a basketball player because I really liked the quote. And this basketball player says, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed. Too many of us get discouraged because we knock on a door and someone slams the door in our face. We give a track out and someone crumples it up and we see him throw it in the trash. We try to engage in a one on one witness and someone really lets us have it. We got to get used to just let the Lord provide the increase. 1 Corinthians 15, I'll read it. Therefore, verse 58, the last verse of 15. My beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, and look at this, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain, in the Lord." That's who this thing's about. Would you bow with me please? Thank you, Lord. hope the message made some plain sense. Bless us this week as we go our ways. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. Thanks a bunch for listening. For more information about Pilgrim Baptist Church, be sure to visit us online at pilgrimbaptist.church where you can also send me a personal message or learn more about joining us for a church service. And remember, Christ is all.